If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today on Soundtrack Alley Spotlight, I'm taking a break from soundtracks and interviewing two excellent cosplayers whom I consider friends, April Gloria and Oh My Sophie. I'll ask them about how they began, what it takes, and some fun along the way. So sit back, relax, because the show starts now. Andrews, and I'm here with my guests today, April Gloria and Oh My Sophie. It's great to have you two here on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I know we've tried to do this for some time, so it's great to be here. Yeah, and are you guys experiencing any rain in Kansas today? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So it has it started raining here about maybe an hour ago so so yeah that's you know getting the weather out of the way (laughs) (laughs) so april i'm gonna start with you um how did you begin cosplaying and why um so i started in 2013 and um i guess i've always really enjoyed creative endeavors I've always really liked art and drawing and other things like that and as I got older I started enjoying hair and makeup I started experimenting I wasn't very good but I really enjoyed the idea of it and I always loved um, dressing for Halloween in college and stuff and when let's see so it was when Bioshock Infinite came out I had the same haircut as the main female character Elizabeth and I had a couple people kind of compare my hairdo to her. They're like, hey, do you, you, your hair looks like this girl from this game that came out. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, and I wasn't a super, I mean, I was playing Skyrim, of course, <laughs> at that mm-hmm. time. That was basically the only game that I really played. And so I was like, okay, cool. So I got the game and the idea behind getting the game was, I mean, I obviously wanted to play it, but. I had been wanting to try going to a convention for quite some time. 
a friend actually introduced me to the term cosplay in college, and I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess that's a thing. You dress up when it's not Halloween, and then and like somehow it clicked. I was like, man, you can dress up when it's not Halloween. Why did um why didn't I think of that before? Like why didn't I think of this as a cool thing to do? So the idea behind um the whole getting the game experience was I would get the game, play it, and if I love the character, I would like kind of put together a costume, go to a local convention, and then if I enjoyed it, then I would kind of start um doing more and uh just kind of getting into the whole community. And so I put together the costume and it was mostly pieces from eBay. And then I just used my real hair because they were people would, they told me that my hair looked like hers. So I'm like, well, why would I buy a wig when my hair looks just like hers, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> I did that. I went to the convention. I was like flabbergasted at the amount of people that were excited to see my costume. I just couldn't understand why, but I was also very happy and excited. So, after that, I was like, well, I guess that's the thing that I'm going to be doing now forever. And forever. Um, yeah, <laughs> forever. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I just kind of dove into it. I didn't get a sewing machine for a little while. Um, my next costume after that, I was a little huntress and I hand sewed all, all that stuff, like all the accessories and the little clothing items that she has. And then I borrowed my grandma's sewing machine. I like, well, I had, I learned how sew some basics from my mom growing up, but I didn't, wasn't really interested in sewing. So I only knew like the very, very basics. So I had to basically learn from scratch <laughs> how to sew. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of the, the start to everything. That's super cool. All right. Um, so Thanks. Sophie, <laughs> yours actually ties in with April's, doesn't it? Um, with, um, how you began cosplaying and why? Um, kind of. I It was like 2009. I'd only ever seen cosplay on TV. Like I didn't know it was a thing that like everyone did. I thought like they just did it in California. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Because the attack of the show on G4 used to cover um, San Diego Comic-Con. And then I met um, some friends that are our friends now. So Sissa and she was talking about this convention in Dallas called Akon. And she like made me go with her. And I was like, oh, okay. And they all had costumes, kind of the same thing. I was like, what? You're just going to go and, like, dress up? Um, but I took, like, an old Halloween race car girl costume with me because I didn't really know what was going on. And I just remember getting there and having my mind absolutely blown. Like, the costumes were so beautiful. And I was, like, afraid to go out of the hotel room in my, like, little, like, Halloween, like, sexy race car girl costume. So I was like, I'm going to look so stupid. Um, but I did. They talked me into going out into like the main area with all the fantastic cosplayers. And uh, what really hooked me was how many people just randomly would come up and be like, oh, are you this person from this or, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm not any character. I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, no, we can make up a character for you. And just that like, <laughs> love and support like immediately. I just remember my like heart exploding and being like, I found my people. Um, so that was my first convention experience. We went back pretty much every year up until recently, but, um, I purchased costumes and that was the only time I would cosplay each year for the first few years. And then in about 2015, I would say is when I started like really trying to like make my own when I was like, okay, I, cause I, I remember I would like look up costumes I saw people wearing to purchase 
and you couldn't find them anywhere. And I was like, well, how are they getting these costumes? And then someone was like, oh, they make them. And I was like, you can make them? <laughs> like, it had never occurred to me that that was a thing. And so, yeah. And then, you know, it's one of those things, like, once you pop, you don't stop. Like, I was addicted and hooked, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the same for you, April? Um, yeah, pretty much. But after that first convention, I was kind of like, wow, that's really, really a cool thing. And um, I had, I think I, I really wanted to make Ale of the Hunters from Skyrim because that was my favorite or is my favorite game. And so Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't find, like, I, I think I looked on the internet to see if I could find like pieces that I could throw together to find, to make that costume or to put together the costume. And I could not, I found nothing. Um, cause all of those costumes or the outfits from the games are so like unique to that game that there was like really nothing that I could do. Um, except to, like, I think for the second iteration of that costume, I tried like, like cutting up a, like a bathing suit or something, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that, that's kind of what spurred me to like really make stuff. And I've, I don't know, I've just always loved making stuff anyway. So it was kind of like an excuse to kind of put all of my interests together into one, like the like artistry and like the makeup and not so much the wigs at that point in time, but it came later. (laughs) Cool. Cool. All right. Mm -hmm. So um, we're going to skip one of these questions because you kind you both actually kind of covered it. Um, who has been your greatest influence for cosplay and why? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it is, isn't it? <laughs> I, I would say for me, throughout the years, it kind of has like, you know, like, I don't know, it's changed as as the community's evolved. So like, um, one of my first, I guess, like major like influences was like when Heroes of Cosplay came out, like that's the first time I'd gotten to see people like making costumes and like, the rush to get them done before like convention and stuff and just like how dedicated watching even though there's all like you know the silly like tv drama watching them being so dedicated to find the pieces they needed to make these costumes like I think Katie Cosplay is one of them on there and I was just so blown away by that and that it really inspired me to like begin building and crafting and and making those and then since then I've had different inspirations for like different things you know like there's there's people who and I can't remember their name for the life of me now um I met them at C2E2 April I think you'd already known them with the Pokemon wigs oh I, the name is oh like, um cow cow but crunchy yes yes they, it's like, their cat's names oh, it's so cute <laughs> they I know their I love work it inspires me so much so I take inspiration from all different places like one is um Jennifer Van Damsel, her she does all of her own photography and like set building and concept building and um I just am so inspired by her especially her photography like being such a self-sufficient creator uh I just think that's wonderful so a little bit from all over the place for sure very cool how about you April it's kind of the same for me it's changed over the years um not like not to say that those people don't inspire me anymore but like kind of over the years, I've had different people kind of pop up where I'm just like, wow, that person's what a X attribute is just really, really inspiring. And uh, so, yeah, I know that um, we yeah, obviously Cowboy Crunchies is awesome. Um, all <laughs> um, Lightning Cosplay is another one that's really, really great out of uh, Germany. 
Mm-hmm. And then, um, let's see, there's, oh my gosh, there's just so many. And then like everyone that I'm like friends with, obviously I'm inspired by, there's just some really cool stuff that everybody's doing. Like yeah. Sophie, your um, like social media prowess is awesome. <laughs> and you're just like you. drive to do everything is just really cool. And uh, it helps me because I can get very lazy sometimes. <laughs> See, and your April's um, attention to detail helped me. Like before I knew April, oh my I, gosh. Like, I didn't really pay attention to details <laughs> as much, but she is so detail orientated that like watching her build stuff, I started noticing things. And then when I'm building, I'm like, mm, April would do that detail. That's important. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially oh, like April uh, for your Skyrim costumes. Those are super detailed. Yes. Thank you. Those are my favorite. And they're my favorite ones to get kind of like that tunnel vision with. Because mm. they, they're they kind of like, some of them, like from a distance, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, a corset and a like a shirt and a skirt, whatever. But then when you look up close, there's just like, oh, there's these little teeny little stitches right here. These like really like weird cording things on the other side. And it's just, it's really cool for me to like take something that looks, it's like, I can't, I don't know if the term is deceptively simple or deceptively hard, but it's, uh, it just seems easy until you start making it and you're like, wow, wow that's really not, not easy at all. <laughs> yeah. So I really, I really enjoy that. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, phenomenal. So for both of you, like you can go back and forth with this, uh, what materials do you regularly use and like, what would you like to start using or experiment with I know we've both talked about resin casting that's a big mm-hmm. one that I really want to get into and April and I have talked about like learning more about it Termina cosplay is fantastic at resin casting like it blows my mind what she can make with it yeah kind of same yeah same here I use I use a variety of materials usually like you know like the basic like fabric and um, I really enjoy uh, foam for armor. I've used Warbla before, but I've just kind of, as I've used a couple different materials, I've decided that I think foam is my favorite for that, um, for armor pieces and stuff. And I really enjoy leather working. That's, that's been something that I've been having fun learning. There's a lot of things that I have not learned yet. Like I have not, I've never like airbrushed anything. I've never tried like a laser cutter. I've never done like casting or anything like that which I would love to to try it's just kind of like finding time to like practice because I'm kind of one of those people that hates doing something and it sucks (laughs) at first (laughs) like practicing is not my favorite thing I've never I've always been like that like I was in a dance class when I was little and I just hated the practice so much but then I absolutely love the recital that was my favorite thing in the entire world so it's just kind of kind of been like that forever so it's kind of like I have to discipline myself to allow myself to suck at first (laughs) (laughs) I would agree especially with the foam for armor like I've never used Wardla I've used like Wonderplex and stuff but I just feel like foam is it does everything you need and with the right like priming and paint job you can make it look like any material so I haven't Mm -hmm. really felt the need to venture too far from foam and I think that's oh go ahead well not easy but it's not easy (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's easier for me than than warbler and it's also less like sharp like 
it doesn't, it won't like poke and prod your body. It's not like super heavy, mm-hmm. like crazy melt and stuff. But um, so yeah, I, I really like it. And I think that's really important for if you're going to make a costume, you want to make it serviceable. You want to make it uh, practical in some ways. So that way it's comfortable to wear. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like comfort is something yeah. I think a lot of cosplayers. Most and I'm guilty of comfort this. is kind of. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I... uh, Go ahead, Sophie. (laughs) I think we're just saying the same thing. Like, I forget about comfort, but it is so key. And I think a lot of cosplayers get so into making their costumes that they're not really thinking about, like, will I be comfortable in this? And, like, I'm guilty of that for sure, but it's something I'm working on because if you're going to be in it for, like, 12 hours, you don't want to be miserable. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I was... I I totally... Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was just going to say, I still kind of do that with costumes. It's, I don't know, some designs are just so hard to make comfortable. They're just not comfortable at all. Mm-hmm. And like, no matter how hard, well, actually, I don't know. I guess I don't really, if I think, oh, this isn't going to end up being comfortable anyway. Like, I'll just kind of put that to the side and then regret it later when I can't go to the bathroom. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I was talking with Termina Cosplay at Ocon um, this past summer, and she was talking mm-hmm. about how uh, the costumes that she chose for the con, she wanted to be comfortable. And because her vehicle that she was traveling in, she traveled for six hours and no air conditioning. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So. So she was super yeah, glad to I, just be in comfortable costumes. <laughs> well, yeah, for so. if I have to work a table or do like a guesting job, like a lot of times what Sophie does this too sometimes, like sometimes what we will do is wear kind of a more comfy costume and then we'll bring like a body dress form and display one of our more intricate costumes on that so people can still see it and look at it and stuff. But we're we don't have to wear it for like hours and hours and hours on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. still showcase like your craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah. so I especially yeah. And then they can see it like really up close without like getting weird about it and stuff. Like they can just <laughs> just like look at everything. That's a good idea too. So um, for both of you, what is your favorite cosplay that you've done and why? You go first, April. I gotta think about it. <laughs> Said my favorite cosplay. Uh huh. Okay, sorry, it just cut out for just a second right oh, when sorry. you said that word. <laughs> That's okay. It's, I think it's mine. Um, probably, I'd probably have two. I mean, my Ayla the Huntress, the the brand new slash new in 2018 updated version. That is probably one of my favorites. But I think my top favorite right now is the Bastila Shan costume that I made over the uh, Knights of the Old Republic, which is, if anyone's not familiar, it's an old Star Wars video game, which is really cool. Yeah. She's awesome. Did you just make that? You just made that, didn't you? Yeah. I I finished it early summer. Yeah. We just got it in August. So I've got like a couple pictures up. I've got them all up on Patreon. But um, I'm like slowly starting to upload them to social media and stuff. And that costume was 
really hard for me. <laughs> it was a lot of leather work, a lot of layering, and I was just, it took a lot, a lot of brain power to do. And it, it turned out really well, I thought, for for the amount of, you know, work that I put into it and all the, the troubles that I had with it. So I'm really proud of that one. And I really, really, really love the pictures that we got too. So I'd say that's my favorite. Yeah, I think that's probably one of my favorite of yours ever. Like, it's so beautiful. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I think if I have to pick a favorite, um, it's probably still Warrior Barbie. I go back and forth, but that was just the design I had had in my head for so long. And I tried to execute it once before, and it wasn't turning out like the way I wanted it to because my skill set wasn't really there. So mm-hmm. I really had to like work to learn some new things and get myself to a place where I was like, okay, I think I can do this design justice now. And um, yeah, I, I, that's probably my favorite for sure. Cool. Yeah. See, I feel me, like that costume, oh, I was going to say, I feel like that costume really um, leveled up your crafting skills, Sophie. Yeah. It was just I feel like, that too. boom, there it is. <laughs> make it <laughs> and that's yeah. and Sophie that's your Skype picture too so oh, so yeah. obviously it's your it's your favorite so that's pretty awesome wow. um for me um for April April it's for me your favorite my favorite costume of yours is uh Mara Jade oh that's a good one too yeah I really like that one. And then for Sophie, I like the post-apocalyptic Princess Peach. Oh, yeah. That one was really fun to do. That's where I fell in love with cell shading. Cell shading is so much fun. Yeah, both of those. Yeah. Both of those are super cool. So. Well, thank you. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So how do you react to the fans of your cosplay? And, in what way? Um, well, like, like, um, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the amount of uh, attention that you get from fans, or uh, is it not as overwhelming? I think um, I never really thought I would be doing what I'm doing, like, full-time. Like, when I think back to, like, when I was sitting in my living room watching like heroes of cosplay and just trying to hot glue some random stuff together. Like it never occurred to me I'd be where I am. So like, I don't know, it's always really overwhelming for me when people like come up and they're just like, wow, I follow your work and I love what you do. And they want to talk about costumes, like whether it's like one person or 10, it still like blows my mind every time. Like that I'm doing this thing that other people care about as much as I do. Yeah. I kind of feel the same. It's kind of like, I don't know, because I never really thought that it would really turn into anything either. I kind of, I made my Instagram account because I had just gotten Instagram. So it was kind of like a personal account for a little bit. And then I just happened to put my cosplay stuff on there. And um, I started a page on Facebook a little bit after that because people on Instagram were asking. They were like, do you have like a a page thingy that I can look at? And I'm like, oh, no, but I could make one, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So that, I don't know, it was just kind of like, it was a couple lucky breaks, I think, that that I got a little bit of exposure. And 
And um, actually, a lot of it came from Nicole Marie Jean. She shared something that I, I don't remember what it was, but she shared something. And then I entered this contest on a guy named Living Ichigo's page. And I got a lot of like positive comments on the picture. So I'm like, oh, this is really odd. But um, I guess so. I'm just like, all right, I'll just help start a page and put my stuff on there. And mm-hmm. yeah, to this day, even like people that I don't know everyone that tells me that like I'm an inspiration or whatever I'm just like am I am I really yeah, am I that thing because I guess if you want to think I'm just kidding <laughs> yeah no it's really it's really cool getting to hear people especially people who are like I don't know I really love your stuff and and it made me want to start making stuff as well. I think that's just like the coolest thing. If you can inspire one person to go and try and make something, I think that's like the coolest thing ever. Yes, I would agree. Sweet. So if you had a dream cosplay of a character from the past or present, what do you think it would be and why? Why would you make it? So... Um, I've always said that it would be uh, Metal Gear Solid Raiden, like his mechanical suit when the mouthpiece goes up and down and he just is so awesome. And the scene, and for the life of me, I think it's four where he says, I am the lightning, the rain transformed. I don't know why that was so like influential for me. I think it's because I was just getting into cosplay and I saw Mm -hmm. this design in the game and that has just stuck with me as one of those like dream cosplays, like with the mechanics and everything, like to cross play and become Raiden. So one oh. day I might do that. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, um, so I guess I have like a dream cosplay that I don't know if I'll ever actually make, but I, I really like thinking about it sometimes. Um, and I really, well, I kind of started to try and make it way back in 2014, but Samus Aaron's on suit, the gray and silver, gray and, no, gray and black with red suit. I tried making that back in the day. I did not have the skills for it. I tried like the Pepecura paper folding and with like resin and Bondo and sanding for 10,000 years. And I just, <laughs> it just didn't really work. And we got a couple of the pieces kind of, finished but then I was like wait how am I going to attach these to my body and I just couldn't figure out I had zero like there weren't very many tutorials out there and I was just like man this is so overwhelming I'm just gonna shelve it and I just I just don't know if I'm ever going to make that one but I feel like it would be very cool if I ever did make it um but my actual costume that I really would like to make at some point that I probably could do right now is the nightingale armor from Skyrim I think that would be and I would be I would make it as Carlisle who's one of the characters in the game she's a dark elf and I think it would be really cool to kind of do her as a nightingale that would be awesome yeah it really would that would be super cool maybe this (laughs) or next year (laughs) maybe so April it's really interesting when I Googled your cosplay page that oh. <laughs> when I typed in your name, April Gloria Cosplay, it came up Taylor Swift. Yeah. Is there yeah. a, a, a coincidence with that coming up 
has that blossomed into anything that you can think of? The whole the whole lookalike thing is really it's been a journey. It's really been interesting. Um, and I I love Taylor Swift. She's one of she is probably definitely my favorite celebrity. And I don't know, she's just really, really, really awesome. And I love and everything like that. And um, and also, obviously, I really enjoy her style. And I've taken, like, style notes from her in the past. Um, the lookalike thing, I don't remember when it... I think it started in 2014 when I... I think I wore... Oh, wait, no. I did, like, makeup looks for leading up to Halloween. And I did a Taylor Swift one where I kind of try to recreate like you know how people do like the celebrity makeup and stuff mm-hmm. I did like a Katy Perry one I did a uh, progressive lady one and then the day that 1989 was released I was like oh sh- I should do a Taylor Swift one this today so I did that and then people really seemed to really like it and it kind of it didn't really that didn't really go anywhere after that I think it was oh man I want to say like 2017 this, so that was like a couple years later. Every between then, I would get like a couple comments here and there, like when I would wear like red lipstick or wear like a skater skirt or something like that. Um, so and my makeup was kind of evolving at that point too. I was doing it like a certain way, and then it was kind of like evolved to like kind of less makeup. And um, let's see, 2017, I got, got like a short haircut. And I would wear red lipstick a lot. And then people started commenting online about it a lot. And, and then some of it was nice. Some of it was not so nice. But um, <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's great. Well, that's you so get flattering. That. She is beautiful. So I'm like, I'll take it. That's cool. And then in 2000, no, no, wait. I'm totally, I'm totally messing this up. This was 2016. 2016. Okay. 2017 was when the the articles started coming out. There was, I forget which magazine website it was. They contacted me and said, hey, can you, can we like write this article about you? And Because we think you look like Taylor Swift and we want to write an article and put your Instagram pictures in there. But I, I didn't see the article, I didn't see the email until the next morning. And so when I went to reply, the article had already gone up. <laughs> Oh, no. So I was like, oh, I guess I didn't have a choice in that one. And then it just kind of went nuts after that. I I got a huge growth in my Instagram, but it was a lot of people coming on there to tell me how much I sucked. So <laughs> it was like really, really overwhelming. And then after that, like five other websites did articles one of them did like an interviewee type thing and I don't even remember what I said but I was just really overwhelmed so I don't even know if I said anything good or not probably not I don't know but it was really overwhelming and then the only I like I do not do like look like work or whatever like I don't do impersonations I don't do appearances I just don't feel right doing that and plus I don't really think I look like that much like her in person anyway I'm I'm short <laughs> and so I just I just don't feel right doing that either because I'm just like oh is, is that creepy like is it okay but um even though maybe it's not I don't know but I just feel weird doing it and so the only thing that I did was I went on what was it 
Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. Yes, his show had like a segment about celebrity style for less, and I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm. that's that's I can do that. I'm like the poor man's Taylor Swift anyway. It works. So they brought me out to New York, and I was with a an Ariana Grande lookalike, and then a oh who was it? Rihanna lookalike. And they had us just kind of like walk down a little runway in our little outfits and then like walk off. And then that was about it. It was super easy. So I did that. And then after after that whole thing, I, I just started getting really, really overwhelmed with everything because I don't know, the people just wouldn't stop being mm. like rude about it. I'm just like, I'm really tired of this. Ah! So it, it kind of calmed down after a couple months. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know, just gradually it just, it surfaces and then then dies down. But I do like to do, like, Taylor Swift costumes. So I kind of try to, like, separate that whole thing. Like, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm a person who likes Taylor Swift, who makes costumes of her, like, music video outfits. But people also, the internet also sometimes says that we resemble each other sometimes in certain <laughs> pictures it's like it's a really weird weird deal and it's really hard to explain but but yeah like like I'm cool like I'm cool with it obviously because I haven't like dyed my hair black or anything like that I don't know but <laughs> it's, it just gets it gets a little weird sometimes <laughs> yeah I I'd imagine I'd imagine. But that's a really, it's just a in, really interesting subject to go into because it's like, it's just an unusual thing that when they t- when you type up your name on Google and it comes up with Taylor Swift as one of the first search uh, results. Uh, so yeah, that's a, just an interesting d- dynamic of that whole situation. So um, yeah, yeah, it is very interesting. There's like a whole like lookalike cult, not culture, but like there, I don't know. There's like a fascination that people have with people's faces that sometimes look like other faces. But I don't know. It's just really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey. So Sophie. I just, oh, oh go quick, ahead. I just googled go it for the first time, and I've never noticed that before. Like you put an April Gloria, and it just brings up <laughs> Taylor Swift. That's really? wild. Yeah. my gosh yeah there's there are so many articles some of the articles are nice they're like really cool they're like april's a cosplayer who also loves taylor swift and she makes costumes and stuff and then other ones are just like this is her twin whoa oh my goodness she's fooling fans everywhere i'm just like nobody's fooled stop (laughs) (laughs) stop it (laughs) that's funny like i love it i'm not yeah like it's not that's here like she's gonna think i'm a creep if she reads that article, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy. All right. So switching gears and talking about social media and how, you know, like we were just referring to Google. Um, so, Sophie, tell me about your social media marketing coaching and how that's even helped with your confidence in cosplay. Oh, yeah. I just I've always been really obsessed with social media like my parents. I'm an only child. So when I was like 10 and cell phones were like becoming a thing, um, my parents got me one immediately because they're like super overprotective. Uh, So I've had a phone in my hand for as long as I can remember. And so as soon as social media started popping up, I had access and I was interested. And 
Um, I don't know how that like snowballed to just like straight up this obsession with the way it works. Um, but when I was getting started in cosplay and when it was kind of moving into more of a uh, professional role, I guess, when money became involved and it started taking up more of my time, I wanted to make sure that I had a strong presence online because that's really important. So I had to really start digging into like the algorithms and um, kind of knowing how to do things right to the best, you know, as best as I could. And then uh, just one day I was like, well, I have all this knowledge and it's really helping me like grow as a creator and get my work out there. And I noticed a lot of other people were really struggling with that. And it kind of dawned on me that I had all of this knowledge because I have poured hours into learning and understanding what was changing and other people probably don't have that same time. And it's not really fair. Like I think that everybody should have the same tools in their toolkit, um, even if they don't have the time to like figure that out. Um, so I started doing classes for creators um, of all different industries, teaching them just like the basics of like, you know, how to kind of like the good behaviors and the good be and the bad behaviors of the algorithms is what I called it. So like, mm. um, it's not going to guarantee you like instant success or this huge following for sure, but just tips and tricks that really help move your content along and get more eyes on your work. And um, that was kind of a, just a fun thing I could do to connect with my community as well. Like, hey, let me help you. Like, I'm here to help. Like, if this is working for me, I want everyone to know. And then if something wasn't working, I would want everyone to know. I used to have a group on Facebook where I would like drop all the info, um, pretty much update them daily on what was changing, what was going on. As my career has evolved, I don't really have the time to do that anymore, unfortunately. I do still mm -hmm. do um, panels at shows. Um, uh, sometimes we do paid workshops, but I think those tend to just go a bit long, like it, three hours out of your day at a show with me going on and on at you about algorithm numbers uh, is a lot. And, you know, that's not what people want to do with their time. And I get that they want to do that outside of shows. So mm -hmm. uh, I do panels at shows like free panels where we just go over the basics and I don't do my coaching classes anymore. However, I do get lots of people like messaging me and just asking for general advice and I'll, I'll reply if I see the message. Um, outside of that, my social media skills now, I'm working with Midwest Esports and helping them build a strong social media presence. So that's kind of where that energy has gone at this time. Cool, cool. Now, um, when you're doing, I mean, when you have done like your social media marketing, um, do you set up like videos for people to be able to watch later to be able to help them to where you don't have to monitor those videos and they can watch them on their own time? I tried a few different things. So I, I did try that at one point. I started off doing live stream videos where um, I would use like different websites that allow you to like run like workshops where people would pay like $20 and it would be a three hour course. Basically like we're doing now, like we'd hop into a call um, video or no video and I would teach them and I realized again like it's just so much information for people to digest in one sitting so then I did record um, modules for the classes and sell those however by the time I had recorded and edited them and sold them four weeks later half of the information was out of date because the algorithms update so often and things change so oh. quickly um, that I didn't feel right taking money for that. And I didn't have the time to keep, I, I would keep going back and like revamping them or making group messages and being like, Hey, everyone who bought this video two weeks ago, 50% of it is incorrect. And here's what it is now. And it, it just felt wrong. And it mm -hmm. also was incredibly time consuming. So mm. I had to move away from that. 
That makes sense. That, yeah. that totally makes sense because otherwise you're you're wasting more time on that side of things when you'd rather be building a cosplay. Exactly. And I'm not really helping anyone if the info is super out of date. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. April, did you have any thoughts on that? Um, I haven't ever done like any sort of teaching stuff about social media. I'm still learning myself. So Sophie's giving me a lot of helpful tips to try, but it's very interesting. It's interesting hearing her talk about it too. Cause I'm just, that's just, it's so crazy. There's so much. Mm-hmm. It just changes so quickly. And we're at a place right now where it's basically changing weekly. And so I don't even have the time to like keep up with the in-depth stuff. So I'm just trying to stay above water. <laughs> There you go. That's all you can do. Yep. Um, so, all right, April, coming back to you um, mm-hmm. at a, well, I guess it would have been sometime, probably, what, two years ago, maybe 2017, 2017, did you start working on a motorcycle? And why did you go oh, yes. that? So I think, I'm, I'm not sure the exact date, but I remember, I think it was late 2017 that we started working on the motorcycle. And um, for those who don't know, we, my husband and I built a an 88 Ninja. We kind of stripped it down, uh, built it back up, customized everything into a cafe racer style bike in the theme of Diva's White Rabbit Mech. And kind of the idea behind that was, Kind of, we both are into like the look of vintage motorcycles, and my husband Casey is really into building them and things. So we kind of wanted an excuse to kind of to build one together, and so I'm like, we're like, man, how can we like incorporate a motorcycle into cosplay? So we figured, I don't know, we just did some brainstorming and we came up with Diva riding on her mech slash vehicle. So I'm like, man, she could just ride a motorcycle. It'd be really cool. And the white rabbit skin made a really cool uh, color scheme that I thought would look nice on a bike and have nice decals and things like that. So, yeah, we we built that on Twitch all, let's see, I think it was eight months since starting. So I think it I think we finished it in July 2018. And then I brought it to one of the esports events, I think, for its its debut, which was a it was a really small it was a smaller event. But it was nice because then we got to, you know, figure out how to transport it and display it and everything like that. And then mm-hmm. I displayed it at Planet Comic Con last year on like a big motorcycle lift and we had like giant banner and stuff. And yeah, it was it was really cool. It was fun to build. It was really fun to kind of check on Twitch because nobody was really doing that kind of thing on Twitch. I don't think I don't know if they are now either, but a lot of people would come in and be like, man. I've never seen like, like a motorcycle build or anything like that. I don't know. We just thought it was a really fun, unique project. We could do it together. It wasn't just me hiding away, streaming and stuff. We could kind of hang out. And it was cool. It was really fun, like, getting to chat with people and making a motorcycle and having it be kind of for cosplay-related yeah. stuff. <laughs> and it's fun to display at cons. A lot of the people really like looking at it. And, I don't know, it just makes a really it makes a cool, like, centerpiece piece for my booth oh yeah um at planet this this year like it was 
early 2019, right? Yeah. And um, I remember seeing it, and I, I think it was either your husband or you that were talking about uh, they were, like, real leery about you guys bringing the motorcycle into the con. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because, uh, well, my, we were like, man, we're all the way across the, the con floor from our booth. How are we going to just, we're just going to, like, drag the bike along or whatever. And so Casey just hops on the bike and just not fast or anything, just kind of, like, puts down the, the little aisles and stuff to the booth and like these people are coming after me like there's somebody on a motorcycle in here oh no (laughs) (laughs) it was just just funny because it was i don't know we were just like oh let's just bring it over there they were fine they were just like oh we just didn't know what was going on i'm like no it's fine it's a display it's okay like as if he's just like free riding through the show it worked (laughs) it worked out (laughs) yeah But still, that's, you know, it's just really cool that you were able to incorporate it even yeah. uh, into cosplay. And then at Planet, yeah. you you were as uh, April O'Neil of Teenage yep. Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it was like you were reporting about the motorcycle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Very, very true. <laughs> it's just fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for both of you, uh, how has Patreon really helped you to reach out to fans and really draw close to your community? Um, I think that, like, so kind of tying in with social media as well, with the way, like, the algorithms are these days, like, you can't post as much as you used to be able to. Like, you used to be able to post all of your work in progress and behind the scenes and here's what I'm doing. There's this. And you just had so much um, opportunity to give your followers this all this awesome content. Um, whereas where the algorithms are at now, it's very difficult. Like work in progress posts do awful. The algorithms are not kind to anything that is not someone's face. Um, so for me, it's nice to have a place where I'm not just like, well, what's the point of even like taking photos as I make the costume what's the point of doing like behind the scenes of the shoot like content I enjoy making um now it has a place and it's really nice that like it, like to be able it feels into more intimate as well to be able to connect with people and give them that and it's wonderful that they're able to like support you in return so it's like all of this content that wasn't appreciated on social media because of the algorithms, not because of the people has its own space where it's not only like really enjoyed and people get to chat with you about it and you can write these long essays about what you've made or what you're doing. Um, But in return, there's also that monetary value. So it's a really nice like cycle of like connection and also supporting the creator and a place for all that additional content that the algorithms have really discouraged us from posting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about yeah. you, April? Basically the same. I mean, okay. I still, I'm really stubborn, so I'm still posting all my work in progress. Not all my work in progress, but I'll still post work in progress to Instagram, and then I'll just get angry and <laughs> because it got like, like it reached like 0.03% of my audience. But um, <laughs> it is really, yeah. And I'm also like somebody who really likes writing really captions but um it's really nice to be able to do it on patreon because then i can i kind of structure my work in progress like like a blog it's called like blog style progress posts Mm -hmm. so it's nice that i can just write all of the words that i feel like writing and hopefully people read it i'm not 
sure if they do, but I feel like if, you know, if you're like to support someone and you would really be interested in what they're doing, but so, so I hope they're interested, (laughs) (laughs) but I really, I enjoy doing that. And it's, it's nice to be able to post and know that people are going to see it instead of having to wonder if Instagram is going to choke it and not show it to anybody. Um, I don't know. It's just, I really like it for, for that. It's nice to just kind of collect everything. Like I can post like a, a gallery. Like I have all of my Bastila pictures on Patreon already because I don't need to worry about spacing out my posts. I can just post them all on one, like a gallery. People can yeah. see all of them. I don't have to worry about the time of day that I'm posting or anything like that. It's just, it's a really, it's a lower stress way to get your content to the people that really care about it. And it just makes you happy because you just don't have to worry about any, any of that stuff. Yeah. Concur. All right. <laughs> so uh, for <laughs> both of you, um, what future projects do you have planned that you can tell me about um, that you're excited about? Oh, um, I know together we're going to do, um, with some other friends, we're going to do some Cowboy Bebop stuff. So that's oh, not cool. like big intensive builds, yes. but we're going to do a fun group cosplay since that Netflix is remaking Cowboy Bebop. So um, that's Which I hope it's together. good. I hope it's good. I hope good. so too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figure we just need to do the cosplays and have fun doing them now so that like if it is ruined, at least we had fun with the original. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know. I mean, you know, there's a big difference between the anime and what they might intend to do with a live action show. So that's fair. <laughs> I get that. I get that. How about you, April? Uh, for me, um, so I'm doing the Cowboy Bebop thing. Obviously, yeah, yeah, she just yeah. told you that I'm doing that. <laughs> but um, I'm going to be Julia. That's what that's the character that I'm going to be doing. And. Let's see. I'm in the middle of making Azura from Skyrim. She is one of the Daedric princes slash deities uh, from the game. And I'm about, I guess, I would say like two-thirds of the way done that one. Mm-hmm. I have a couple other things that are like in pieces. Like I have like an ash from Overwatch that I've kind of shelved for a little bit. I'm not sure when I'm going to get back to that one. I'm not sure. And then, oh, oh goodness. What else? Um... Oh, I want to do, I actually, Sophie, my dress just came in today. I would like to do a festive version of uh, Ruby of the Sea from Critical Role. And I want to rope Sophie into being Jester with me. I'm and so doing excited. A Christmas. So cool. hopefully that'll work out. <laughs> That's very And after cool. that, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it's fun. It should be good. I just my dress because it doesn't fit very well <laughs> but uh, yeah and after that i'm not sure maybe i'll do the nightingale armor maybe <laughs> nice nice yeah. so so for both of you um we've talked about patreon we've talked about instagram uh where normally can people find you easily Oh, sorry. Besides, um, besides, besides those points, um, besides oh. <laughs> Patreon and besides Instagram, are there any so other places are... that people can find you? Uh, Facebook and Twitter. I don't really post 
too much to Facebook because oh, that algorithm is just tons of yeah these days. <laughs> um, so I post there sometimes. And but uh, Twitter is a really good place. I really enjoy Twitter because it's a lot of like it's really like convers and you can just kind of shout into the void and it's really it's fun. Um, so that's the same as my Instagram. It's underscore for that. And I think Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. Oh, I I do occasional Twitch Twitch TV slash April Gloria. Mm-hmm. And I think that's it for now. I want to try YouTube, but that's I'm not going to tell you to go there. Okay. Yet. All right. <laughs> I would Maybe. say same. Facebook, sure. Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. I'm Omay Sophie on everything. And same with the YouTube. I do have a YouTube and I have intentions, but right now it's super trash. <laughs> uh, that's that's all right. You know, yeah. I mean, because it's like you can't do everything. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just impossible to arrange it. (laughs) You feel like you have to. (laughs) Yeah, I would would agree with that because, like, I draw. So, for me, I usually just stick to, like, drawing for Instagram and Twitter. And that's about it. So. So, I get it. So thank you so much for this fine interview that I've been able to do. I will be sure to actually send both of you a link to the audio in case you want to share it through Patreon or something, because it is a dual effort for both of you and it, it creates better content. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be be awesome. Thanks for having us it's been a long time since i've been on a podcast and this was fun i like it yeah this was a lot of fun thank you so much yeah you're very very welcome thank you for listening to soundtrack alley spotlight i hope you've enjoyed it and if you're on itunes please rate and review the show it really helps soundtrack alley spotlight get noticed thanks Thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley Spotlight. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show. Also, if you want to leave a comment, question, or concern, please email me at soundtrackalley at gmail.com and enjoy looking at my blog at soundtrackalley.com.